Good morning. This is the Magellan Show. Thanks for joining us today. It is the 24th day of September 2015. This is the Thursday edition. We've got a show for you today, as we always try to do. Starting a bit late today, and there is a reason for that, I uh, I tweeted that out for those of you who follow me on Twitter. And if you don't, you need to do that. At Real Magellan, that's how you will find us on social media. Of course, you can also link into our social media on our website. The Twitter feed is right on there. Our website address, www.MagellanShow.com. So definitely check us out on there. You'll be glad you did. Also, you can find us on a variety of websites, including itdcalls.com where they're posting our programs, also podbay.fm, just to name a few. If you have downloaded the iTunes app, you can subscribe to our podcast, and it will come automatically to you that way on your uh, smartphone or any of your devices, a good way to, uh, to stay tuned to what we're doing. Our live number is 646-929-0709. Again, that's 646-929-0709. Playback number 712-775-7039 with PIN number or PIN code 327-756-POUND. 327-756-POUND. The reason for my delay is because I took some time to watch the Pope's address and that will be the, the main theme of our broadcast today. I was watching the Pope's address to a joint session of the U.S. Congress. And uh, it was quite a speech. And so I want to take a, a few moments to kind of digest what was said. And uh, over over the hours and days ahead, I know there will be many analysts that will really take a look at his speech and try to get a sense as to as to what you know what message he wanted to to get across. But honestly, even now we we're really able to to get a sense as to what he wanted to say. I listened very intently because he spoke in English, but very broken English. Uh, previous popes have tended to be more fluent in English. Pope John Paul II, as well as Benedict XVI, both of them much more comfortable uh, speaking in English language. Not the case with Pope Francis, although with the help of his uh, of his notes and his uh, written speech, I should say it it served him well. And as he began to speak, the first few minutes were a little bit more difficult to understand what he said. But as time went on, we began to understand more and more, and I know transcripts are are, are being uh, put together uh, even now, so if people can read over the speech uh, in its entirety. But we got the main points, and I think it's important that we do that. So this is the first time in the, uh, in the history of the U.S. Congress that a pope, that any pope, uh, has addressed has addressed this session, and, and 
uh, and address Congress, period. But today, history was made. They made history. Now, as you look at the at the chamber there uh, at uh, in Washington D.C., the House, the House chamber, you will notice that it looked very much like the State of the Union when the president comes in every year to tell to the world how America is doing. It was very much like that. You had the vice president. And then you also had the Speaker of the House. Now, both of those men are Catholic. John Boehner was incredibly moved. I, I'd never seen uh, such uh, emotion on a man that tends to to appear emotionless. Uh, if you've seen John Boehner on television uh, discussing political matters, I mean, he's, I mean, it's just like you know, you could say the sky is falling and he wouldn't even show any emotion. I'm just calling it the way it is. Everybody talks about how emotionless Sean Boehner, but today, it was a different Boehner because, you see, Boehner was very instrumental in getting the Pope here. The Pope was coming anyway to the United States. He was going to be traveling to Philadelphia, but Boehner put the rest of this together. And he was very emotional. Uh, I mean, he just couldn't hold back the tears. I'm serious. You can watch the replay, and you'll see for yourself. But what did the Pope talk about? Well, first of all, tomorrow he will be a part of the General Assembly in in New York at the United Nations, along with leaders from around the world. We're just getting word that Vladimir Putin uh, will be there and that he has requested a private meeting with President Obama. It makes me wonder what that's going to entail, but I have a pretty good idea. Uh, a lot of it will have to do with Syria because the Russian and U.S. involvement in Syria, which is a whole other matter that we can talk about for uh, a lengthy period of time. But to get on and what the Pope was talking about, and just to kind of stop here for a moment, this is the Magellan Show. Six four six nine two nine zero seven zero nine is our live number, and we uh, got started late today at half past the hour, uh, ten thirty a.m. Central Time, uh, eleven thirty a.m. Eastern Time is when we started because we were watching the uh, the address by the Pope. But he spoke about a number of key issues, and, and I'm going to pull up some of these because in the past you would find that that popes would talk about a lot of spiritual issues. But I'm sure that uh, President Obama was very pleased. Uh, I'm sure the liberals were incredibly pleased with the words that the uh, that the pontiff uttered. Now, some of the things he said were very kumbaya-like. Um, it's my duty to build bridges and to help all men and women in any way possible to do the same. Well, that sounds very lovely and... Uh, uh, you know, how could anyone argue with, with a statement like that? He calls for Congress to take courageous actions, but on what? On what exactly? On climate change. Now, that's very much a uh, a hot-button issue, especially, well, we know that, that liberals especially 
have been pushing that very uh, that very topic, climate change. Now, we all want a clean environment. We all want a clean environment. But 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 the thing the thing of the matter is is that is the Pope really talking about the climate and the need for 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 controlling the climate and and making it better and cleaner? Or is there a, another agenda? Is Agenda 21 and Agenda 30 uh, kind of built into those types of statements? Is that is that the real push? Hmm. I think it is. Infowars.com made this post. Pope's flight to Cuba. You know, he flew from from uh, Rome. Emits emitted more CO2. More CO2 than over a half a million, than over a half a million pounds of coal. It's a lot. But then he gets into his fiat to to try to say, look how humble I am. Look how I'm not uh, contributing to the carbon emissions. I'm not going to be guilty of a of a giant carbon footprint. If you, if you will, and so he rides in that little econo car. But look, like I said, a lot of agendas, a lot of agendas here. But we're going to talk about those today. Many of the news agencies bragging that this is a pope that those who don't believe can receive, and we're finding out that even atheists and agnostics and those of other religious faith are finding themselves to relate well with the Pope and more. Belief in Christ appears not to be required. Just believe in the climate. He also talks about foreigners. He says, we don't need to be fearful of foreigners because most of us or once foreigners ourselves. Hmm. Most of us were foreigners ourselves. Hmm. So he's equating what's happening now, the illegal immigration here in the United States, you know, and conservative estimates, 11, 12 million. I think those numbers are much higher, you know, probably excess of 20 million, and that might even be a conservative estimate. Our immigration from south of the border. That's not counting what's going on in certain parts of, of Central and Western Europe where you have this, this Syrian uh, migration crisis where they're in the midst of all this is, is a great deal of violence. But the Pope says, don't be afraid. Well, that's easy for the Pope to say when he is moving around Washington, D.C. and other parts under high levels of security, uh, from Secret Service to the local uh, police departments there in D.C., Capitol Police, and and even, ironically, uh, get this, even by Border Patrol, because they they were trying to protect, I guess, the, the folks coming in from uh, the northern border of Canada, I, I presume, and but you had Border Patrol agents there in Washington, D.C. 
So the Pope, well protected, and as a matter of fact, when he goes to New York, and I, I, I was watching this report on television just a day or two ago, that there will be more security in New York City now, even now, and, and, and especially tomorrow, than there has ever been in the history of New York City. So in other words, there has never been such levels of security. Yes, the UN General Assembly will be in session, but that happens regularly, every year, but but because of, of the Pontus visit. But he says, don't be fearful. Easy to say when some of your Vatican walls are literally 100 feet high in some areas. So he's definitely not uh, practicing preaching. But you'll see these little uh, these little uh, op-eds of, uh, or these little photo ops uh, where he can show his humility getting out of his uh, fuel-efficient car and so on and so forth. So what was his push today? Of course, he obviously was pushing for us to be more open to uh, illegal immigration. That's pretty much the deal. And we're just supposed to like it. He said he, too, is a son of America, referring to the fact that he was born in Argentina, technically part of the Americas, trying to just push us all into this regional zoning. Kind of like the the European Union. And we know where that has gone. That has been a complete and utter disaster. And countries even now within the European Union are desperately seeking to withdraw themselves from the European European Union. What they once thought was a wonderful opportunity at a European super state has now become a super nightmare. And so, you know, he's trying to say, hey, look, we're all Americans from, not from sea to shining sea, but from the northern tip of Canada to the southern tip of Argentina and Chile, huh? So that, that, I, it was very subtle, but I noticed that, okay? Now, some of you that are listening may be Catholics, and I'm not trying to, to offend you all as Catholics because you all are not the problem. As a matter of fact, there are many Catholics that, that find uh, a lot of what the Pope has said to be rather disturbing. He, has not, he does not speak the way the previous Pope, uh, Benedict XVI, spoke. He does not speak the way uh, the Pope before that spoke, uh, Pope John Paul II. Even Pope John Paul II warned, Pope after, not the Pope after him, but the next one, which would be Francis, would be one that we would need to watch. And with all this going on, my friends, with uh, abortion, and uh, partial birth abortion, and especially what has been happening with Planned Parenthood. And it's been all the talk in our presidential races and our in the uh, presidential politics here in this country. With all that's been going on with that, the Pope totally sidestepped it. He made some veiled references to 
to respecting life. You know, he, he could have used his platform for good. No mention, really, uh, of course, like I said, his speech was a little hard to decipher, but from what I could tell, no, no obvious mention of standing up for uh, the unborn. No condemnation when it comes to Planned Parenthood and the harvesting of of, of, of baby organs. I mean, just, just a, all kinds of, 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 of atrocities at the hand of, of uh, these uh, baby killers on side. No mention of Jesus Christ. He made one reference to Moses. No mention of Jesus Christ uh, or, 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 or the, you know, the, the very foundations of the faith, the Christian faith. None of that, none of that. However, he pushed for the abolishment of the death penalty. Now, whether you're for or against the death penalty is not really even the total issue right now. But he wanted to make sure, as I see it, that when he talked about life, that it's like, okay, you're going to talk about, you're going to talk about, you know, the the abortion issue and the, the millions of babies that have that have died. What impact he could have had. But he chooses to take a more socially acceptable point that would be very well a lot more palatable to the liberal to, to the liberals and to push that one. He says this conviction has led me from the beginning of my ministry to advocate a, a different level for the global abolition of the death penalty. I'm convinced that this way is the best since every life is sacred. And he says that if we, uh, the only time he cites something really from the New Testament, he, he you know, he, he, he talks about doing unto others. And he makes that connection to taking in refugees and immigrants. He says, doing others as you would have them do unto you. Of course, what about our own poor and impoverished people in our own country? What about our veterans that have suffered greatly uh, and are not getting the help and health care that they need? And so much we could say about this. And while all this is going on, we've got a proxy war with Russia. Well, I mean, it's it's just, and I think that's one of the reasons why why Vladimir Putin is wanting to speak with President Obama, even even as uh, as the General Assembly unfolds, he wants to have a private meeting with him. Major things happening in Syria. And as I watched some of the, of the commentators on television, especially on, on the more so-called conservative media outlets like Fox, which in many ways is the lesser of the two evils, if you want to say that, but they want to say, oh, well, the Pope just 
I was watching O'Reilly last night, uh, and he said, you know, let's give the Pope a break. He's probably naive to the way things operate in this country. So even though he called capitalism, and I quote, the dung of the devil, end quote, that he was really just confused on the whole issue because he was more acquainted with with capitalism in South America, like in, in um, let's say, Argentina or places where it has been abused. And it doesn't understand the kind of capitalism that we have and the way the free markets work in this country. Let me tell you something. This pope is not naive. I know that when he puts on his little pope robe and, and the beanie and everything, that, you know, he kind of has comes off of the Santa Claus kind of Im- imagery, you know, this grand- grandpa figure, you know, uh, lovable teddy bear kind of guy, and that his English is broken. But this is one shrewd dude, okay? He knows what's going on, and everything that he does is calculated, and he has been working hard. That's why he has been calling on Protestant leaders to come to the Vatican, to court them. That's why Joel Olstein has gone over there. That's why James Robinson has gone over there. That's why Kenneth Copeland has gone over there. That's why he's starting other movements, uh, John 17 movement, and and having a lot of conference calls uh, and direct video conferencing with Protestant leaders. He is trying to build coalitions here. And what we are seeing, my friends, by the way, 646-929-0709, if any of you want to jump in this discussion, I might just open up the lines and do that. Press 1 if you would like to comment on this, but uh, we are literally seeing, as I, as I interpret this, Bible prophecy being revealed right before our very eyes, and that's why I'm devoting this program to this very discussion, because it's real. I would encourage you to think about some things. This is a man that considers himself to be religious, obviously, he's the top, the top religious figure in the, the Catholic Church, over 1 to 1.2 billion, 1. billion, and that number is growing as Protestant Christians uh, look to, to the Pope for answers. But he is not only the leader of a religious organization, but also the head of a state, because we know that the Vatican is also a city-state. Even though it, it is located within Rome, which is the capital of Italy, the Vatican, and it's, what, 109 acres or something, something of that size, very small, is a country, a sovereign nation. So what goes on in the Vatican, it stays there. And they're more, and they're more wealthy than most nations. They're more wealthy than this, than our country because they don't owe any money. And they have trillions and trillions in assets uh, there and around the world, so much so that they can't even put a number on that figure. So this is a, this is a head of state and a, and a head of a church. 
Revelation chapter 13 speaks about this. And we won't take the time to go in in great depth today. But I just want to I just want to just to remind you of something. Don't necessarily keep your eyes so fixed upon Israel because I know a lot of Bible prophecy teachers encourage you to do that. When there are other things that are happening within the U.S. of A. and in Rome, the Vatican, that, that area, the two are working together in harmony and they they have a common agenda know that John the revelator in Revelation chapter 13 says he, he that he sees well there were two beasts that come up out of the sea now remember a beast in Bible prophecy is a government it's not a person oh there there will be a person that will head up that that uh, government. But it's not just some person wandering aimlessly throughout the world and he finds himself to be the global leader. No, it doesn't work quite that way. They see this beast coming up. They see the second beast rising up. And it talks about a woman which rides the beast And we know that in Bible prophecy, and the Bible interprets the Bible, that a woman represents a church. I'm giving you some some prophetic clues here. We will use and discuss perhaps on our next broadcast. Which will underscore my belief that we are seeing Bible prophecy being fulfilled. It's not quite there yet, so I'm not saying that. But before you get overly focused on looking for seven-year peace treaties in, in, in the Middle East between, uh, let's say, the Palestinians and the Israelis, let's make sure that we watch what is happening between these two governments, the United States and Rome or the Vatican. It's very real, and we are seeing this union form and and, and come together more closely than we ever have before. And it will continue to grow and grow until we see certain types of legislation. And, And that was one of the words that he used, among others. Wealth distribution was one of them, which is really, I mean, when we hear wealth distribution, I mean, he used those words. Amid all of his broken English, he used those words today, wealth distribution, which is socialism. We know that. But, of course, that whole idea of uh, liberation theology, in other words, uh, trying to help the poor, which sounds very noble. We should always try to do at least of these. Jesus said that but not through the plan of government to where uh, to where we see 
country come down to its knees. Socialism never works. Sometimes in theory, it can seem plausible, but it never works. It, it never does. Capitalism may not be perfect, but uh, socialism for sure never works. But that's what the Pope is pushing for. But he has to push for that in order to promote his one world system, the new world order, the, the, the one world religion, all of that. And I believe that what he will say at the United Nations will will likely be even bolder than what his words were today. We'll watch and see. We'll wait. There were likely hundreds of thousands of people, what it looked like, outside the U.S. Capitol. And Biden, the vice president, as well as uh, Boehner, the chief of the house, and the Pope all walked out on the balcony, uh, one side of the Capitol, and I mean, just the people were everywhere, just just chanting and and in awe and in amazement, almost as if to say, "Who is like unto this great man, Pope Francis? Who would ever challenge his ideologies or his authority?" We'll talk about this in greater depth next week, Lord willing. That's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, before we go, though, I do want to couple, talk about a couple other things. Uh, every every time that they have the, the pilgrimage to Mecca, the Hajj, as it's called, there, there are always injuries, stampedes, because you've got millions of Muslims that have traveled from around the world. Uh, and and even just uh, a few weeks back, that you had that crane accident where there were many that were killed as they were preparing for the Hajj. But more than 717 pilgrims died in a stampede in the worst Hajj disaster in 25 years, according to Reuters. So I just want to report that breaking story there. Many are talking about the blood moons, uh, blood moon on the 28th of September. Uh, I think it's interesting. I'm not going to say that it's going to have major prophetic significance, but at the same time, we don't know for sure. Uh, it, could, it could, at the very least, I think, point us, you know, there will be signs in the heavens. It's pointing us to a time of change, a shift. And there is a shift taking place. I mean, if you haven't observed it or felt it, uh, then maybe you're just not paying attention, but there are things that are changing. You can feel it, and uh, unfortunately, it's not all for the good. But if we stay, if we stay grounded in God's word and believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and know that He will be with us, then we have nothing to ultimately fear because He will never leave us and will never forsake us. Looking at the markets right now, the uh, the Dow Jones is down 199 points off of session lows. Nasdaq down 65, S&P 500 down 20. Even European markets uh, down uh, from uh, England to uh, Germany, 
to France. The markets are down. Asia markets already closed, uh, and uh, they took quite a beating as well. We'll see what tomorrow holds in that regard. This is the Magellan Show. Our playback number is 712-775-7039, access code 327-756-POUND. We are here Tuesdays and Thursday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Central. Of course, we got here a little bit late today because we were uh, trying to digest uh, the, the words and, and analyze the words of the Pope's speech, which he delivered to a joint session of Congress this morning. So you can listen to the playback uh, by phone. You can also uh, listen on iTunes if you subscribe to our podcast on there. Just type in The Magellan Show. Also, we're on itdcalls.com, so feel free to go over to itdcalls.com and check it out over there, as well as uh, uh, the other sites that are carrying us. Our website, magellanshow.com. We want to thank you for joining us today. We do appreciate it, as always. Uh, if you feel so led, donate to what we're doing. Go to our website, MagellanShow.com, and click on the Donate button. We appreciate that very much. We will be back here on Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Don't miss our next program. It will be a good one. God bless all of you. Uh, Jesus is Lord, and he is Lord of all. And we thank you for, for being a part of our show today. God bless all of you. Have a great one, my friends. This is Magellan. Bye-bye for now. <laughs>